Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive. All right. Good morning and welcome back to the Money Advantage Podcast. This is Rachel Marshall and Bruce Weiner, your co-host that you see on a regular basis today. And we have a special guest with us, Simon Severino. And it are, it's our first guest who is coming to us live from Austria today. So Simon, welcome to the show. Hey, Rachel. Hey, Bruce. Hey, everybody. Thank you for having me. Excellent. Well, let me just give a little bit of background of this conversation and hear from Bruce's perspective before we dive into, Simon, really your background and what it is that you are doing and how you're serving entrepreneurs. So Simon has been a strategy advisor for Fortune 500 boards from New York to Beijing. He really helps companies scale. That's what we're going to be talking about and focusing on today. He works with digital agencies to service and SaaS businesses. So wherever you find yourself in that spectrum, or even if you're outside of that, this is going to be a conversation you want to listen into because we're talking about simplifying and scaling with something that he calls strategy sprints. So he is the owner, the CEO and founder of consulting agency strategysprints.com. He's the creator of the strategy sprints method that doubles revenue in 90 days by getting owners out of the weeds, something that way too many business owners are in the weeds and needing to get out of the weeds. And so Simon is a um, really focused expert on helping people to do that. So today, tune in as we interview Simon, and we're going to be talking about how to double your revenue so you can create more freedom more impact, and more revenue each month. So Bruce, before we dive in and hear a little bit of his backstory, um, let's just hear your perspective as we're coming into this conversation specifically on the topic of scaling and simplifying in business. Yeah, well, you know, if you look at Simon's background, you know, what I think he he brings uh, value to business owners is by eliminating as much experimentation in a business owner's uh, personality as possible and bringing some guidelines and structure to that. And so they can actually determine by metrics whether they should continue something or actually maybe whether they should even start it in the first place. And that's a tremendous time saver, um, but also it also saves a lot of um, uh, monetary suffering in the process. Although I always say, as, as many of our listeners have said, is it's all right to make mistakes in business because uh, as long as you learn from your mistakes, it's kind of a cheap uh, MBA program when you make mistakes in, a, in business. So um, I'm looking forward to uh, listening to Simon. I've looked at his background and I think we're going to have a really good conversation. Excellent. Well, Simon, thank you again for joining us today on this podcast in the U.S. For our mostly U.S. audience, we do have listeners around the world as well. Um, but can you tell us just how you came into this space of helping businesses to grow, simplify, and scale and double their revenue? How did you get to that position of helping other businesses do that? 21 years ago, I did fall in love with the go-to-market question because when I was a strategy advisor in a global advisory, um, and whenever they asked about something they were most passionate about market strategy. So if, if we would have a strategy, let's say I'm sitting with the BMW team 
and we are thinking about how to improve the product or the market penetration of a product against their number one competitor. And I would say, hey guys, we are not hitting something here. We need three days more. Would you stay until Monday? They would say, no problem, Simon. Uh, let's just expand here the stay at the hotel. Three, three more days, no problem, because this is so important. If we don't have a market penetration plan and an execution plan, we don't need to fly back to our people because we have nothing to break down, nothing to roll out. And that was the moment when I realized, wow, this is so relevant for them. It's so vital. I want to be doing this every day. Forget everything else that I am asked to do for clients. This will be my thing. And so I said, all right, strategy. That's, that's, that's my topic. I did fall in love with that topic. And then I was frustrated for years because some project would stall, some others were delayed, some other were just not moving forward or wasting even time and money. And so one frustration after the other, I tried to improve because I didn't want to waste my time or their time. And so many iterations later, technology evolved with us over the last 21 years. And my dream was, can I build something that's actually around their, their life right now? So they don't have time to read books. They don't have time to create big strategic plans and interdependency analysis. They need Jarvis. They are Iron Man. They are in action all the time. You expect quick decisions with zero information, with lacking data, with bad data, with gaps in the data, but you still have to decide quickly. Mm -hmm. And so what do they need? They need a Jarvis like Iron Man has a Jarvis that's in his, I think, in the glasses, right? And he can ask immediately, hey, should I do this or that? And Jarvis goes, okay, give me a second. I'm scanning the territory. Do this. So mm -hmm. that's, that's what they need. Can I build it quickly? And so I did one year of heads down work on my desk. I've built the Jarvis. And then I came back when I was ready. And that became the strategy sprints method that we are using now every day. That's excellent. So who is it that you're working with? You mentioned SaaS companies, service companies, um, digital marketing agencies or digital agencies. Who do you work with? And then how does that apply to somebody who might be in a different industry or different niche altogether? We focus on the B2B sales problems. So the length of the sales cycle, the complexity of the sales cycle. And, and that's why our method is really for the high ticket B2B offers. That is consultancy, consulting agencies, marketing agencies, PR agencies, recruiting agencies, financial advisors, attorneys, everybody who has a high ticket offer and just needs just a few big deals, a few good clients per quarter and has to, and wants to better understand them and to go into the psychology of each stage of the B2B sales cycle. And we can go through all the nine stages. We think of the sales process as, be, as being nine stages and we take them really seriously and go deep in there and coach our clients on those, on those details. They send us their sales recordings and we go through all those details with, with a, a love for the psychology behind each step. Mm, okay. So with the length, you said, the, and the cost of that, that cycle specifically in high ticket B2B sales. Okay. So 
if we have somebody who's listening right now, and I'm not sure, um, it's showing me that we have no one live. I'm not sure that that's probably. No, I'm, I'm actually I'm actually communicating with some people right now. I think now, it's my so. technology glitch, so I'm going to relog in and out of that. Uh, <clears throat> so, Bruce, if you see any specific questions that you want to bring up, you can do that as well. Um, I'm going to mm-hmm. just ask a question. You are in business right now. What is your number one challenge around the idea of scaling and growth? What is your number one challenge? And what specific question do you have for Simon that could help you address that one challenge for scaling and growth? So you said there's nine stages of that process, specifically in the sales process of that B2B sales consultancy, correct? Correct. All right. So is that something you want to go into now or can we? um... Sure. I can even show them quickly here. We call them the nine stages. The first one is you have to visualize. If you don't visualize, you are not building rapport and bonding. They won't trust you. And what do I mean is documenting life. Like I'm talking to you right now, but I'm showing something, right? And so I'm closing the loop between what I say and what actually lands on the other side. Mm-hmm. So the next thing is you don't move forward from there before you don't have heard the body. So let's go into the second stage. Stage two is what's the frustration right now on a body level, not cognitive. So many mm-hmm. people will talk to you and say, oh, infinite banking sounds great. Send me an offer. And, and in this case, you would say, no, Simon. Uh, first, you tell me what's the problem. Mm-hmm. So what's, what frustrates you right now? Are you, are you thinking that your money is debasing at 14% every year? Are you afraid that the FOMC meeting will not stop inflation? What, what's the problem actually? What's pissing you off? And, and before, so that's in the body, right? And then you would go to the point, oh, Simon has three kids and uh, the Federal Reserve is, is incompetent in stopping anything from depreciating. Mm-hmm. So, okay, now we're talking, right? So you have the real emotion in the body of this father of three. Mm-hmm. Now you move to the next step, not cognitively. Send me an offer. Yeah, send you an offer. If you send an offer too early, nothing will happen. We all know that, right, in B2B. Um, well, so, well Simon, 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 you'll be happy to know that's exactly what we do because we get people sure. all the time that, that just say, send us something and we're like, no, 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 we need to have a conversation to see what you're trying to accomplish. And then we will design the solution around what your pain points are, you know, going forward. So that's great. So we're, we're, we're with your process people. so far. Yes, all and I was actually good sales share... people follow this process. This, all good sales people. It's we... so interesting how so many people want to go straight to a product or a solution when if you don't have a problem you're trying to solve, then there's no solution that matches. And you can debate solutions and effectiveness of solutions and whether this one piece or this piece works better and you can get so in the weeds that you never make a decision. So it really and, does come and back And you're to in it. the head again, and you don't mm-hmm. want to be there. You stay in the body, you stay at the emotional, because people buy with their emotions, and then they rationalize with their head afterwards. So I'm buying a car that I actually want to buy, and then I tell everybody that I bought it because of the security features, but I bought it actually because of the <laughs> color or the smell or something that's more emotional. <laughs> yeah. Uh, And so they buy emotionally, we have to take that into consideration. Then the next stage is you ask them, okay, how important is this from one to 10? So you want infinite banking? Okay, how important is it? 
is it project number 127 on your list or is it like project number two because you know it's the university money of your kids mm -hmm. that we're talking about here so importance and then pick your minimum we say around eight is the minimum otherwise we don't offer them anything because otherwise you will have a gap then in 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 the delivery process so for your team you will be at a 10 and they will be at a five and then you have a mismatch in the delivery you don't want that mm -hmm. um so important how important is it next stage is then the cost of inaction what happens if you do nothing this is something that i learned from uh from professor christensen who actually had a formula and he said most people think that if you do nothing things stay the same like what if you don't invest in assets oh well then i have the same amount of wealth wrong minus 14 percent because that's the debasement of your money is when your money is not working it's melting like an ice cube so there is a formula if you don't innovate your sales processes your marketing processes you are not making the same amount of money uh, there is entropy and there is stuff breaking and there is other people innovating while you are sleeping and they are eating your lunch they are taking your leads so it's the cost of inaction is actually to visualize that if they do nothing things do not stay the same they go slightly down so they have to innovate to keep it the same that's the cost of inaction because if you don't have that and and the sales literature and the numbers they talk clearly the number one enemy of the sales is the status quo mm -hmm. i can just do nothing so the the hurdle to overcome is i want to actually change this and then the smaller hurdle is okay i go with your product or with another product but the bigger hurdle is i decide that i'm going to change this that that it's worth the effort the effort to change this is a better ROI for me than just to keep things the same. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, I mean, you're either moving forward or you're moving backwards in anything. And so if you're not making positive change, you are absolutely losing what you could have gained. So yeah, I, I can stay with my status quo. I stay with my bank. It's fine. Mm -hmm. right? That's, that's what they, their alternative in their head. And then we come to the budget so many times people now send an offer or tell a price too early because you don't know their budget yet you might want to explore the range do you have already budget and in the pain sequence we have asked about money we have asked about time and we have asked about resources so now we explore the range of a budget and then there are techniques for uh, letting them pick inside of the range and now you can decide if they told you the price that they want to pay you have zero resistance so you could move on and take that and then think in the back end can i scale it down like i give them just pre-recorded things but i take a lower price but it's an easy sell or i have to go back one iteration into the last two stages to increase the strategic value and then I can ask for a higher, higher price. But now you have, as, as you see, you have many more possibilities. It's not just one product, one price. Mm -hmm. You are flexible and you are moving with them because the best thing is that 
they control, they decide, they move forward. Because then you have zero resistance. And that increases the win rate up to 80%, 90% from usually an average of around 30-35% when we work with clients and do that. So that's the budget and afterward you know now enough. Now you have a round of concerns. Uh, yeah, but what if it doesn't work for me? What if I buy it and it goes sideways? What if your product is great, but in my current situation I'm understaffed? Or what if I don't understand the maths? What if I click something wrong and then, you know, I, I make mistakes? And even if I trust you, maybe I don't trust my <laughs> competences and my skills. <laughs> so it's a whole round of concerns. Are you familiar then, with Russell Brunson? I'm familiar with him. Yes. Yeah, so the owner of ClickFunnels, <clears throat> and he talks about this as well. And he, uh, I can't remember the words that he uses, but basically people have internal concerns. Like I might not be able to do this. I might not be able to execute, but then there's also the external concerns. Like this might not actually work for me. And so it's addressing both of those. I'm, I'm just reflecting on some of his books, Expert Secrets, Traffic Secrets. Um, there's another one. Um, yeah. That, that the more great. Yes, the more concerns you can already rehearse to answer, the better. The typical ones are time, budget, team, resources, um, quality, risk. So do I have an exit options if it goes sideways? Uh, will people look at me and say, I decided for something that doesn't work? So those are their typical concerns. Mm -hmm. And be prepared for that. Don't, don't rehearse that in front of the client. Rehearse that with your team. That's why we do sales role plays in mm -hmm. our team every Tuesday. And we go and, and we play those concerns and how we answer them. So that then you are very prepared and very natural and you know the exact words that you will use. And you will stay relaxed and answer calmly but with the right words and intonation. Um, that's the concerns round. And after that, you can then move to decision do you have all decision makers in in a complex b2b sales situation sometimes you have up to four decision makers the executive buyer only only cares about market shares so does this thing help me increase market share um, then there is the user buyer uh, can does this adapt and expand and if i scale does it does it do the technical buyer will this be compatible with our current technical setup and then there is the economic buyer um, can i shave off 10 percent can i can i show that i compared against two other offers so and in that order of importance because you have to win the executive buyer first then it's easy to go through the other trees if you win just um, the economic buyer it's it's almost impossible for him to really influence up but it's, it's easy for the executive team to influence down and say, yeah, I hear your technical concerns, but let's, let's move on with this. So Rachel, um, before we go a little further, um, cause I think these are, this is a great roadmap for people. We do have a couple of questions and I, oh, I and I, I, ironically, I think, uh, there's some of our foreign, foreign listeners. I know one Mark one, cause he listens all the time and always has Questions after question. Yes. Yeah, from Italy. And he was just in Vienna, by the way, uh, Simon. He said uh, over the weekend. But, um, you know, Marco's always a, a, 
<laughs> he's always a uh, a thinker in business and so on and so forth. And you know, he's he's talking about things that may or may not be in your wheelhouse, but he was he's into the the growth of the cannabis market, and he's wondering if the you know these strategies can be used in that market, even though there's some legalization questions. And how would you put those kind of things that are limiting the cannabis market because of the legalization issues into the strategy part of it? I guess those would be concerns, I, I guess. Yeah, if we go back to the stages, uh, this is a, a regulatory or a compliance uh, issue. And we have this with all financial institutions, all financial advisors have have need to take very seriously um, regulatory and compliance aspects. Also, the healthcare industry mm -hmm. has, or, or also data, when you have private data of people, you have to take this thing seriously. And so same thing is, is for cannabis, because there are regulations in place. The good thing is, from a strategic selling perspective, it makes no difference because it's the same thing for your competitors. So in, in a market, the rule is the same for everybody. So yes, you need a strategic radar. You need something that tells you quickly when will regulation change. So, uh, and, what, and you need scenarios. So scenario A, it will be legalized when. Um, so you say, okay, legal, legalized by March 30. And then scenario B, it will be legalized but one year later. Scenario C, it will never it will not be legalized and you have to prepare your strategy and pick the strategy that gives you the highest probability to work in all three scenarios so your your base case is you move along with something that works in three scenarios and then when one becomes very clear then you switch all in to the strategy for that scenario hopefully slightly quicker than your competitors so when you don't know regulatory aspects you have to think in scenarios i hope this helps no, i think it does and then and then the next one fritz uh, too who um i haven't seen on the show before so welcome fritz so we we uh welcome your question and this is a little bit different because he's asking more about the infinite banking which we concentrate on and he says how can we implement this well i think simply uh what we do with the infinite banking it's a storage of money so that we can actually use that to implement the strategies that you're talking about so the capital that might be in, involved in that situation it also um it also kind of helps mitigate the risk because you're actually getting a return in two places so fritz you know let's say you do take a loan against your capital that you've uh, that you've accumulated and you go into the strategy and that particular strategy doesn't go as well as you might think it does well, yes, you know, you have a loan against your capital, but your capital is still increasing. So it's a nice way to actually be able to do and mitigate your risk with any strategy that you're putting together with your business. So um, that's great. Simon, why don't you go ahead and with the next steps and we'll go from there. Yeah, we are almost done because when you have done those things up until here, the rest, it will fall like dominoes. It will fall from itself because now it's okay. We have also all decision makers and we know what the value proposition is for each of them. Executive buyer, how, how does this help me increase market share or profitability overall? 
technical buyer, user buyer, economic buyer. And then if we have that, then we just move on. Okay, when would be a great starting date? Because this is important for the onboarding sequence. And then we prepare to send a statement of work, which is just what we have agreed before in the nine steps. And now we have just sent it in written. But we don't just send it. We schedule a review meeting of at least 15 minutes and we walk them through it. Because you never want to send an offer. If you send an offer, they just scan to the last page, look at the price, and then usually don't commit. Because uh, it's easy for them to just um, jump out of the commitment. You walk them through the offer in a, in, in a call because there is another round of, of concerns um, that you will have to go through in that moment before they sign the deal. And then you make it easy to sign, like using something like a panda doc or, you know, a, a doc sign, DocuSign. Mm -hmm. DocuSign yeah, yeah, we use Frictionless. Something. You want to reduce excellent. the friction in this last bit. So let's zoom out for a minute. So strategy sprints is about helping a company to grow and scale. Do you focus primarily on the sales component or or can you explain the difference between the sales process and what strategy sprints does as a whole? So our our thing, we are the GPS to navigate markets and to win uh, as a B2B team under the conditions that you don't have all the information that you need in the moment when you need it. Mm -hmm. okay. So that's the GPS and it's made of operations, how you onboard clients, sales, how you close, um, and marketing, how you start the conversations with strangers. So it's this whole thing, including also positioning and mindset. But turns out that from all these five components of the strategy sprints method, over the last years, people have been picking more and more the sales processes. So there is a shift, and you are probably experiencing it also, that maybe three years ago, it was, it was easy to generate cash flow and you know money was cheap um and it and and it was flowing around we were the liquidity was high in the general society in general economy was full of liquidity and growth and that has changed over the last six months everybody is de-risking is getting lean getting more productive and the number one de-risker is having a full pipeline slightly more full than you need so that you can pick the right clients and the right projects. So the number one D risk right now is having a full sales pipeline. That's why everybody's asking about prospecting and a closing. And Simon, how can I, how can I use social media to, to do lead gen? What else can I do to do lead gen? Cold lead gen, warm lead gen, what should I do? Should I spend on lead gen or not? So everybody's asking the sales questions um, more and more. All professional mm -hmm. services, Three years ago, they would rely on referrals. And right now they say, oh, oh, no, no, no. I have to be very active. I have to um, have a proactive market approach. That's excellent. And that makes a lot of sense as well, because as you're growing as a business, I mean, the marketing strategy is for the purpose of bringing in clients to the sales process. I think it used to be, um, you would think, well, I'm just expanding my reach. And ultimately that organic traffic is going to build into something, but you really need to have a clean and clear process for obtaining a 
<clears throat> a prospect and then converting them into a client. So, totally. so Simon, you mentioned as well that there um, that you help CEOs to double revenue in just ninety days by falling in love with the problem, not the solution. Can you talk a little bit more about why that is so crucial? Yes, uh, technological innovation is so fast. If you think of the the traditional banking system is collapsing in front of our eyes, and new solutions are are coming up, are coming up at a pretty fast pace. They're, they're not super visible yet, but they are there. Every day people are working on it. You're talking about AI, for instance, right? New solutions. Yeah, more of blockchain. There's a solution in banking. Yeah, more modern, modern banking, like blockchain, stuff that works mm -hmm. on your phone, that you own, where you have the key to, these kind of things. Because traditional finance, it's like you're sending money with a donkey to your grandma and she's in another city, right? It takes weeks until it's, it's completely um, happening. Um, and so there are much faster transactions with closer finality, with real-time finality. And those things are happening. So whatever your offer is, uh, if you fall in love with the solution, there will be a much better solution soon. Solution, technical solutions always, always innovate. So let's say I am helping um, people who have three kids like me uh, to have more time because their problem is time crunch. Mm -hmm. Now, if I fall in love with my solution, that may be a calendar, a calendar for dads, um, then soon it will be substituted because there will be a digital calendar and then a calendar that you just talk to and it appears, right? So the technological solution would wipe me off, will substitute me quickly in months. That's why I have to stay with the problem. I have to fall in love with the problem. What's the problem of that? They, they are in a time crunch. Okay, I stay with the problem and I will innovate on the solution all the time. I will change products, I will change offers, I will change pricing, I will change marketing channels all the time, but I will always stick to the problem. Mm -hmm. If I do that, I will stay relevant also in 10 years because the problem of frictionless payment system will always be there. The problem of dads are in a time crunch will always be there. But the technical solutions, they will change at a rapid pace. Absolutely makes sense. Absolutely. And it, it is so fascinating to um, recognize that your solution might be your baby, might be the thing that you put all your time and attention into. But if, at the same time, if that's not going to change and scale with the way that technology is changing, you're, you'll be left behind. And Bruce, I, I keep thinking back to the Kodak example that you bring up all the time. I mean, if Kodak had stayed with the problem of, maintaining imagery in a way that you can look back and remember, then they might have stayed relevant, but instead they were so connected with film and cameras that you had to process and develop film. And so they did not continue to innovate. <clears throat> exactly. So, so uh, uh, I have another question from Fritz. Um, he was, I guess he maybe looked up your 90 day and he says, does your company guarantee 
any good sales strategies in a down market, a market downturn, which I think you addressed. And uh, he's also talking about what if earnings are dropping for companies because of low sales? What would you focus on in your strategy if they're dropping because of low uh, uh, sales? Excuse me. Great question. So low sales, and we're having this right now in the community. So sales are dropping for everybody, even even Salesforce and HubSpot and and all the all the the, the pros are, and even Amazon is dropping in sales. Amazon. Mm -hmm. So everybody um, has this issue right now. And so, what's the number one thing to do? Um, the answer is pipeline review meetings. As simple as it sounds. So. What we are doing with our clients is we are installing two meetings per week. And in, in our case, we are moderating them, but you can moderate them. Uh, have two sales meetings. One is a pipeline review. Once a week, you look at the pipeline and everybody in the team shares one round. These are the opportunities that I created this week. This is the, the probability of success that I will close it in the next three weeks. This is the volume we're talking about, and this is the agreed next step with the client. That's a pipeline review meeting. And if you just have that, we do this every Tuesday. If you just have that, now you are de-risking because you are creating awareness, fulfilling mm -hmm. the pipeline. You are risk managing the pipeline if it's not full. Yeah, now you will look at it. And when you look at it and see it, urgency comes in and when you bring energy to it you will bring also some ideas because when you focus on something you bring energy and you have, you will have more solutions will will start to pop up bit by bit in the team but the first thing is to create awareness for everybody not just the salespeople, but everybody also operations marketing admin let's look together at the pipeline and see what can be a contribution from each person because sales can also come from current clients what else do they need? Hey guys, who else needs this? So this is something in the pipeline meeting, we go to also through current clients and say, what else do they need? And who else do they know that needs this? And when is the right moment to ask them? And the operations people know when is the right moment. No, not this week, they are marrying. But next week, when we unlock that feature, uh, when they see that they've just saved 30% via our, our services, that will be an, a nice moment to ask. So, so that's the pipeline review meeting. The other one is the deal review meeting. Um, this is when you go into single current deals. So um, you are working on closing a deal maybe in two weeks, and now you do the deal review. You come in and say, guys, this is my plan. This is my sales material. This is where I am in the nine stages. Um, give me work critic, criticize me or even play it with me, play the client, be nasty, ask me a ton of, um, give me concerns, but, but what, what about this and what about that? And does it work? So play different scenarios in a role play. And it's not just that you're learning a lot because you are preparing for different angles, but it's also energizing. We do this once a week, and in that meeting, I always end the meeting by saying, wow, I want to go sell something now. Let's stop talking about it. Let's stop playing it. Let me go out there and sell stuff. Because we are so energized when you play it, um, you, you, 
you are super motivated. It's like three coffees. <laughs> That's great. And, and good question, Fritz. And thank you for just acknowledging the problem that seems to be relevant across everyone right now. And uh, there's greater e economic factors like inflation and the monetary supply and interest rates. I mean, there's just so many factors that are playing into all of that right now. And so you are saying, hey, let's focus on what we can control. Let's not focus on macroeconomic situations and just say, well, this is just how it's going to be. How can we improve? How can we get better? How can we serve more effectively? So <clears throat> um, you also, there's so much interesting stuff that we could cover and we're about to wrap here. Um, let me actually ask you before we do come to a full close, you have a business called Strategy Sprints. You also have a podcast. You also have a book out. Can you just talk about the the um, the lay of what you offer to clients and how they can find you? Yeah. Yes, I do have a, a YouTube channel. It's called Simon Severino, where I share one monologue a, a week about my own mistakes in sales and what I've learned that week in, in managing my own pipeline and my own marketing and filling the pipeline and closing the pipeline because I'm constantly learning new things as, as we evolve. Um, and so that's, that channel is called Simon Severino. And yeah, we do one-on-one -on -one coaching about these things. We get their sales recording. And for 90 days, we, we commit to, we immerse totally in the world um, of, of the team. So the sprint team on the other side is one person from operations, one from marketing, one from sales, and the owner of the company, that's the sprint team. And we coach them for 90 days. We are the Jarvis and they are Ironman. So they have 24-7 access to us. That's why we take a limited amount of clients per month because we want to be there 24-7 um, for them because we want to implement all these sales systems, marketing systems, client onboarding systems, and also to train with them um, that they are ready to use them also after the 90 days so that we have ingrained those habits and they stick with them because after 90 days, our job is done, but the systems keep on giving for them. Mm -hmm. And if people want to explore our tools, they can download many of our tools for free. They're open source at strategiesprints.com. And if they want to explore, hey, maybe a sprint coach is something helpful for me, uh, they can go to strategiesprints.com, uh, click to jump on a call with us and we can we can find out if that's helpful. That's excellent. And talk about your book as well. So you have a book called Strategy Sprints, correct? Yes, Strategy Sprints. Uh, where is it? It's here. Uh, yes. It's, oh, yes. it's out there on Amazon right now. It's getting translated into Chinese uh, as nice. we speak. And that it's a cookbook for, for digital businesses in the B2B space because it's tough. It's so many moving parts. So in the book, I go literally, hey, chapter one, marketing. This is how you do marketing. Checklist, checklist, checklist process. And then chapter two, this is how you do sales. Chapter three, this is how you onboard clients. Up to chapter 12 and 13, the hiring chapters, because for scaling, now you need to write down the processes, write down how you do stuff and hand it over. So you solve a problem, you write it down, you hand it over, you move on to the next bigger problem. You write it down, you hand it over, you move on to the next bigger problem. This is how you scale a company. And in the book, I share my own processes and checklists that I've used to scale my agency. That's excellent. Well, Bruce, did you have any closing questions before we wrap up here? <clears throat> no, um, 
you know, I've had different business coaches in, you know, my career. And I don't know, have you ever heard of uh, Dan Sullivan with Strategic Coach out of Toronto, Canada? Sure. And, you know, in your, pro- in your in part of your process is it, you know, one of the things that Dan talks about all the time is to actually ask what he calls the R factor question, which stands for relationship. The R does. And he says, you know, if you're sitting here, if we are sitting here three years from the day and we're looking back on those three years, what would have to happen in your process that you could actually help eliminate things in your life, like the dangers that you're worried about, but also then capture the opportunities. And then what kind of strengths do you have to actually eliminate those concerns or dangers and capture those opportunities? And when I look at your roadmap, you know, when you start with concerns, that's a really, really uh, congruent to what Dan has been talking about for since the the late 70s. So, but what I like about your roadmap is the step-by-step analysis so you quickly can determine whether you want to continue on that road or not. Is that a good synopsis of your road your roadmap, Simon? Absolutely. And again, um, experts um, think very similarly. People who do things well, in the end, have, have similar patterns and similar insights about the processes that work. It's like yoga, right? It's very similar processes in the whole planet with very different yoga teachers. But this, the processes are very similar because they just work, right? And, um, and yes, what, what I focus on is the real-time aspect because nowadays we are 2023, the pressure on people is immense. The game is, can I stay liquid? Can I stay solvent? Do I have the minimum cash flow? It's not about maximizing the revenues. It's about really what's the minimum profit that I need to pay rents this week. If my bank goes belly up and if my credit line is is in danger, uh, what's the minimum liquidity that I have to ensure? And the minimum liquidity comes from the pipeline. That's Mm -hmm. why... I'm all about this, um, like Rachel said, about what are the controllables. The controllables are daily habit, weekly habit, monthly habit, and they are around time management and pipeline management. That's absolutely true. And it's just fascinating to realize that all the successful people in sales are not the push you over make you purchase something. I mean, that's, I don't even know what era that did work in, but it seems like people would have this negative connotation of sales and it's just not that environment at all. That doesn't work. It's not successful. And if you are being sold something that you really want and need, you just need to know that it's going to solve your problems, that it's going to be a fit for the exact thing that you're trying to, trying to do and accomplish in your life that you're unable to do. And so thank you just for being really, um, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but genuine about that. And I think that good people who want to purchase good things and have good happen in their life are looking for people to solve their problems in a way that makes them more whole. So thank you just for for being a huge part of making that happen. So Simon, thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Thank you for just your broad knowledge that you are bringing to the table about the industry, about the world, that you're helping people to really be able to make good decisions in their business, to grow and scale. If you are interested in reaching out to Simon, please do that at strategysprints.com. And 
Um, Simon, I know you do speaking as well. And so if anyone would like to contact him for any of those purposes, go ahead and go to strategysprints.com. It's really been a pleasure talking with you today and um, even all the way around the world. I think that's really fascinating that you have so many techniques and strategies that are working not only for you in your local area, but that are applicable to anyone in business in so many different ways. So I just really appreciate you sharing that knowledge and expertise. Thank you for showing up for, for your community and helping them reach financial freedom. Uh, this is very relevant right now. Keep, keep rolling. Awesome. Well, thank, thank you so you. much, Simon. And in closing, we'll say, please remember success leaves clues. So model the successful few, not the crowd and build a life and business you love. We'll see you next time. Discover the secret of how to earn a return on the same money in two places at the same time so that you can strengthen your investment returns. We've created a free guide for you that explains the top three things every investor needs their privatized banking system to do. Go to themoneyadvantage.com slash banking, put in your name and primary email address, click the send my free guide button right now and we'll see you on the inside. Thank you for listening to the Money Advantage podcast. Today's show notes and resources are available for you on themoneyadvantage.com. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. If you have any questions or desire to speak with a qualified financial professional after listening to today's podcast, we encourage you to reach out to us at hello at themoneyadvantage.com or check us out at themoneyadvantage.com. The opinions and views expressed here are for informational purposes only. This material is educational in nature and should not be deemed as a solicitation of any specific product or service. All investments involve risk and a potential loss of principal. Kalos Capital Incorporated nor Kalos Management Incorporated offer tax or legal advice. Please consult with a tax advisor or attorney for advice regarding the impact on your portfolio. Securities offered through Kalos Capital Incorporated Member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB, and Investment Advisory Services offered through Kalos Management Incorporated and Registered Investment Advisor, both located at 11525 Parkwood Circle, Alpharetta, Georgia. E3 Consultants Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Kalos Capital Incorporated or Kalos Management Incorporated.